This is Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. I'm Shannon Powell. And I'm Farah Kathwari. And I'm Jen Wang. And today we're here, we're going to talk about local elections. Guys, as I like to say, local elections, they aren't sexy, but they're important. So true. So why do you guys think they're important? Well, everything starts right at home. I mean, we should care more about everything starting right at home because you live where you're paying taxes. You are going to school there or your children are going to school there. You're driving on the actual roads. And I think it's it's probably more about the Civics 101 that's missing now mm-hmm. in society. Yeah, but right. I really think, you know, people just think that you just go and vote for president. That's yeah, it. But that's, it's got to be a lot more nope, than that. Right. It starts at it home. It starts I mean, at home and it all trickles up. Right. And I think what you said about where we pay our taxes to, you know, where's our money going? What's it being used for? And how's it impacting our lives? Because that's what we are living day to day. Right. All politics is local. I mean, that that old fashioned saying never goes out of style. It's so, so true. And so that's why we're continuously trying to <laughs> have mm-hmm. that messaging out there. So now you guys, when's the first time both of you got involved Jen when's the what's the first yeah. local, local local election you really sunk your teeth yes. into yes I was in college or coming out of college, mm-hmm. and I volunteered uh, for the mayoral race in L.A., where I wow. grew up. For uh-huh. uh, Tom Hayden was uh-huh. a challenger to the incumbent, right. um, which actually was a Republican, uh-huh. Re- Reardon. And, um, you know, I was – it was a really grassroots uh, – you know, campaign. Right. And, you know, Tom Hayden was what from the hippie days yeah, and, you know, totally. Jane Fonda. And cool. so, you know, it, it was um, on the out and out. It wasn't mainstream. It definitely was a different time. Did but he run the campaign like that? Was it very loose? Well, yes, because yeah. actually he was never in the office ever. Oh, I mean, wow. we had a small little uh, office in uh-huh. West Hollywood, which right. is kind of a nice part of town. It wasn't in downtown or anything. Yeah. And I was just kind of the office gopher, you know. Yeah. I, I think it was more in the traditional sense of what we view internships as now in an office. Yeah. It wasn't, we were never on the campaign trail out in the field uh-huh. doing any part of field operation. So it was really kind of office, office, you know, right. menial yeah. tasks and just being part of the campaign. But outside of that, it's so different than what we know now of being part of a campaign like really yeah. sinking your teeth into it knocking doors what about you far i think um the first time i did anything related to local politics was i when i was in college i had an internship with sandy galef uh-huh. um yeah which was great over one summer and i had no idea what i was doing but i walked in there and i was glad for the opportunity and i i really enjoyed it and then um i don't think i really paid attention to to local politics until just a few years ago after the last presidential election Got involved with, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, Most oh, of no, us. I need, I, need to get, I need to get busy again. Yeah. Right, so how are things different now? I mean, that's my question because I think we it feel we're definitely in a different time, mm-hmm. a much more challenging time. So why why is why is it so important to both of you that you immerse yourselves yeah. back into local politics? I mean, it's really crisis reaction. Yeah. I mm. think we all woke up. We were severely depressed. That was the, we rounded out 2016 that way. Yeah. We started off 2017 thinking we can't go on like this. We can't start this new year like this we got to do something most of us saw that posting on next door about meeting at that church Uh and out of despair we said let's go and check this out we thought it was going to be maybe like a you know little club group in the neighborhood where we can vent right Uh and and then we realized holy you know (laughs) this is is talking about just so if people who are listening don't understand you're talking about the first indivisible westchester correct we posted we didn't even know it was called indivisible westchester right right it's like if you're if you're 
concerned. I don't even remember what the original posting was like. It was if you're concerned or want to get involved. And and I I don't – honestly, I would have to go back up and look. But it was definitely about – it was about the – it was being concerned about the way that, you know, our government and our politics were going. And we ended up having 700 people show up to a church in Larchmont on a Sunday, you know, in January. So that's how this whole thing started. And we were lucky. I mean, I consider ourselves really blessed that we had the county elections that year because it was a way to really – We were lucky in a way because we we had an immediate challenge and we had an immediate – goal and um so we were tested right away right away and i talked about that i said look we have a trump loving county executive and he needs to go so this is how we're going to get started this is one of the ways we're going to get started and we had a big canvassing effort um it was perfect timing in april it It was was good timing rallied everyone and motivated everyone and because we had so many successes across the board replacing the county executive um from from a republican to a democrat from a trump supporter to a progressive and also um, getting a majority in the Board of Legislators here yeah, right. um, mm-hmm. and some other seats. Like, it just really motivated everybody. Success is the best motivator. It did. But also, it was like training camp yeah. for all <laughs> of us to camp, say, yeah. how how can we do totally. this? Right. And I think it, it was really a great um, opportunity and, you know um, – kind of the okay here's how we're going to operate right and it yeah. really was so many people coming together and collaborating and said okay this is what i can do uh-huh. and really a smart way to uh tap into the resources that right. we could really mm-hmm. utilize for elected officials and yeah. they saw it too they thought oh my goodness what is this right and yeah, what i love is right. that everybody you know took that back to their own community and they organized the Absolutely. way that they yeah. found was most efficient and i yeah. really believe that that's the key to success is not having any top-down sort of thing but empowering people to make the change Mm -hmm. again this is that local is so important to make the change at their most immediate local level and everything kind of springs from that i mean that is the that's the definition of what grassroots is so true and it goes down to every every level and every position in in elected politics right in your town you're in your village right um and two things also that for me um were important coming out of that race were, were one i never did canvassing before uh-huh. or flyering or standing on the street reminding <laughs> people to vote right yeah you know well, i walked around with like 10 buttons on my jacket everywhere right. i went um talk walked, to the person at the yeah, checkout store you're getting your groceries yeah. i know hey there's Waved an my american flag all over the place <laughs> love it and, and the other thing is I met so many people that I never would have met before. Yeah. Correct. You know, our whole team here. Us. Um, yeah. Us. We, I nev- we never would have met never, each other. We These never are would have known each new other. lifelong friends. It's so yeah, because it's we're, cool. we're united by, like, our passion, but, like, our right. values. Our values. Values, yeah. correct. Values. I think it was an awakening right. to how do we want to live our lives and raise our children right. and kind of putting values in the forefront. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the concrete ways because I think when you're saying when you when we say to people now now that we're now that we're veterans <laughs> at this um, when we say to people hey get involved in local elections they don't really it's still intimidating it sounds right. scary yeah. Yeah. so I mean one of the one of the well being informed about when elections are is one thing so that's kind of a start if you mm-hmm. know their up, upcoming elections uh, the indivisible Westchester. Um, website is mm-hmm. a great resource to go and look and look and at the calendar. That's indivisiblewestchester.org. That is correct. So, um, and then once you know what the elections are, 
when you're looking at candidates, I mean, candidates usually have a website, right? Yeah. So that's like a if really not a Facebook, Facebook page. page, right? Now they're on Twitter and Instagram as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can follow them any way you want. So check them out. I mean, check them out and see if you like what their platform is, what they're about, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So what and else would you also, say about getting just involved? Just because someone's unopposed doesn't mean you shouldn't go out and vote. Yes, because, good point. That know, is a great point. The number of votes matters, and turnout matters. Right. You know, there are always people out there analyzing every single data point. So get out and vote, even if your person is unopposed in your district. I'm just looking at the districts now in Westchester. There's 17 of them, and many of them are unopposed. But it doesn't matter. Get out and vote anyway. Right. Exactly. Right. And then I think people also, you know, there there are different ways if you want to actually become involved in in helping out a campaign and doing kind of this, you know, um, the work that it takes to get people elected. People people are people have different personalities, right? If you can be an extrovert, you can be mm-hmm. an introvert. So what would you guys say are some things that are great for extroverts like me? Oh, I think <laughs> it's right. like getting, you know what, the face-to-face time uh-huh. with voters. And also, there's different types of voters. There's, uh, you know, the very busy person who's on their errand. They don't want to be bothered. They, they don't really, they care, but they really don't want to stop and talk to somebody they don't know. Right. So, you know, it's having tact too, just on the mm-hmm. spot. Uh-huh. Uh, is this a voter that I can just you know leave uh, this palm card with and they'd rather they prefer that versus when you talk to maybe you're at a senior citizen's Mm -hmm. complex or like uh, and you're talking to someone who's happy to talk to you right and I I found that there are certain voters who feel heard when you come to their door and they appreciate that that we care what they think and also being engaged in a even a debate, a healthy debate. Uh-huh. Um, I've met many, can- you know, on the canvassing trail, people who disagree say, "I don't what I don't like what that candidate did, uh-huh. or I don't like what that candidate said yeah. like 17 years ago right. when that candidate was on the school board or what, right. whatever." And I think it's important to listen uh-huh. and just have a great conversation, and also to say, "I appreciate you sharing that with me." And so now there's something called deep canvassing, right. where it's right. not just about please just come out and vote, yeah. but really having you know hard to heart and just really allowing them to feel heard because that really is one of the issues that we've seen in you know many of the uh with many swing states yeah people think that their voice isn't correct yeah that their vote doesn't matter and that it's rigged and they don't nobody cares right right, or they're forgotten yeah and we know that there are a lot of problems in our election systems and and it's not clear it's not uh fair um, across the board. But I like how you called people voters because and one of the things we, mm-hmm. we did with Indivisible Westchester in the last few elections is we told people in our community, in our messaging, be a voter. Be a voter, yeah. Because it, it's, an, it's, a, it's um, an action. It's something you're choosing to do. It's, uh-huh. You're not just an American and you go and you vote for the president, president you right. know, every four years. It's you are a voter. You're actually participating mm-hmm. in democracy and you have a say and you have the right yeah, right, and that. it's empowering. Yeah. Instead of telling them that it's their obligation or responsibility, mm-hmm. which it is, you're actually reminding them that they have power, yes. right? And exactly. their decision right. and choice makes yes. a difference, and that yeah. that right. you know it's yes, great. Right. No, it is, and, right. and, and I love empowerment. I love with the, I also love with the canvassing. There are a lot of people 
who I know, who were very intimidated by canvassing and they were scared. And I remember that first canvassing. Right. And yeah. now they love it. I mean, there are some like canvassing junkies. So right. you just, if you keep an open mind, you kind of, mm-hmm. it's always great to be, I guess, I, it's always great to be open and learning. And, and I'm always, I always kind of get a chuckle when I see some of those people who are really freaked out about yeah. canvassing and now they love it. Right. And if we're doing any kind of canvassing mm-hmm. thing, they're first ones or they're organizing their own canvassing yeah. here in different districts and different, I mean, it's so wonderful it's just to see how it springboards but it's yeah. not all about canvassing i mean phone banking is another great that's right phone banking text texting is yes texting so is a new one and banking so yes yes i mean i love the text banking mm-hmm. and i know there there's some issues with the fcc and the text banking and they might change some of the rules and mm-hmm. i i don't know how all that's going to play out quite yet but for candidates who do text bank and usually you don't see this um on the local level so much but if you can learn how to text bank through some of these platforms i would sit at a swim meet and uh you know watch watch my in between well i would watch her when she swam but when she wasn't (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to get in trouble Uh, i can't get in mom trouble no i would sit and you know you're there for hours Mm -hmm. trapped in a swimming pool well let me let me text voters in in mississippi for the mike espy race you know i mean there's all Mm -hmm. these different things so it's really um Writing postcards is a great thing oh, to yes. do if you're an introvert, um, or if, you know if you don't have that time to call people or text right. them or go door to door, which uh, most people do not have that time. Writing postcards is um, also effective. You can reach a lot of people. It's a personal um, touch. And I feel like the postcard party is kind of like the modern day book group for yes, like, like a book club, junk, right? Junkies, right. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like right. get your wine, have your snacks, and write your postcards. Oh yeah! But you don't have to do it in a group. You can also do it. You on can your sit own at time. a swim meet and yeah. do it as you're sitting there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. you can mm-hmm. definitely do it. At, um, and also, look, candidates always appreciate money. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> we right. can dance around that. It takes right. money to run campaigns right. for volunteers. Yeah, and, right. and because it's a volunteer effort um, you can get creative you know sometimes um, if you know I can only dedicate an hour or two on a weekend to canvassing and it's a bad weather day which seems mm-hmm. to be always the case it's <laughs> right, either always always raining, pouring rain always super cold <laughs> yeah. exactly or just like yeah. ungodly hot like right. you're about to get a stroke mm-hmm. exactly um, and what I do is I save some of the leftover palm cards and you know the next I take it with me and uh-huh. when I'm running an errand and I'm stuck in line I chit chat with someone I end up sharing and I go oh you know what do do you know about the you know we have election next week and here and then I share a palm card because it was left over in my bag so I think there's many creative ways to just do it your way to make a difference there's no right or wrong if you go to a church or a temple or a mosque or anywhere you can share that with your Right. Your your friends. And so what well. about a lawn sign also? That's the thing oh, you yes. can go. Oh, if you yeah. call up a campaign, and I, I mean, I think the, the, the bottom line is if you call up one of the campaigns yeah. and you can get, I mean, it's very easy. Just usually there's a way to contact mm-hmm. us. You can do it via email or call, and they welcome people. I mean, I think that's the one thing the is that people probably yeah. feel intimidated. Well, if I don't know anything, mm-hmm. how they might not want me or you know, this, that, or the other, and that's not the case. I mean, campaigns are usually welcome to have any kind of help, yeah. whether you're going to go canvas or phone right. bank or text bank or write postcards mm-hmm. or put a sign up or donate money or host an event or do anything like that. So that's great. So the message we want to send is it's easy to get involved. You shouldn't be intimidated. A little can go a long way and, you know, just do what you can. And just keep coming back to our website, indivisiblewestchester.org for and all we're of all, these tips. And, and we're also resources. online. Yep. 
uh, on on social media. Yep, right. Facebook, Facebook. Yep. Visible Westchester. And get involved. So Catherine Parker joins us. She's the majority leader for the Westchester County Board of Legislators. Catherine, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. So there are uh, County Board of Legislators elections coming up in November. Tell me why are these elections important? Well, they're important for several reasons. One, uh, just from the, the perspective of 2017, we won a supermajority for the, um, the Board of Legislators. And really, we've had a fantastic term where we've put forth a lot of really great progressive legislation. So we want to keep that supermajority and keep that momentum going. The other uh, thing to remember is these off-off-year elections, the county races are the top of the ticket. And unfortunately, you know, previously, a lot of people have just not paid attention in those off-off years and have, you know, not voted. There's just nothing, you know, very sexy about that. <laughs> so, right, right. So we tend to get it, you know, find that turnout's really low, and the people that are most likely to come out and vote are typically older and more conservative. Uh-huh. So the, so the informative piece of really letting people know about the election, is that challenging that people just aren't aware that there's an election in November because it is an off-off year? It is challenging. It is, but I uh, think that we are trying to draw some attention to the races that are going on. We have a couple of open seats, so that's uh, a little bit unusual. And, um, you know, I think this, this year is going to be uh, um, – it'll show that people that, – that the tide has turned and people are now more engaged in politics than ever before if we can get people out to the polls. I also think one of the things that's important is um, have, making sure that people understand the civics portion. So can you just, speaking to that, explain what the board does? Sure. So the Board of Legislators uh, is the legislative branch of county government. So as you know, three branches of government, just like the uh, old um, schoolhouse rock that we used to see, it's the executive branch, legislative branch, and judicial branch. So as a legislative branch, we are uh, tasked with creating policies and laws for Westchester County, as well as appropriating the funds for the executive branch to spend in all the departments. And really, those departments end up, um, most of what we do are programs that are federal, from the federal government or state government that we administrate. Mm -hmm. What are some of the policies, some of the legislation that's passed that you are most proud of so far? Uh, so I think coming at, right out of the gate in uh, 2018, you know, our first piece of legislation that we passed was to prevent gun shows on any of our um, county buildings. And I think that was really important, though we were in, you know, certainly the county executive through an executive order had said that this was something that he agreed with. We wanted to make sure that no matter who was our county executive, that we were not going to have to worry about, again, gun culture coming into Westchester County and, uh, you know, sort of being promoted through our county government. So that was one of the first pieces. We also uh, had worked on passing the Immigrant Protection Act that had been vetoed by the previous county executive, and we did that very quickly. 
We've worked on a lot of social justice, justice issues, too, um, where we have passed uh, laws that prohibit businesses from asking about previous salary history because we found that that, um, you know, question typically really hurts people of color and women. Uh-huh. So we passed that. We've, we've passed resolutions um, to our state officials in support of criminal justice reform. So most recently we passed legislation that um, continued on with our, um, again, sort of workers' rights and creating a time that people can take uh, off if they are victims of domestic violence. And I'm, I'm very happy to say that that actually passed unanimously. So, again, we've worked on a lot of policy decisions for Westchester County that I think really benefits the, the average person. And then the other part of what we've been doing and really focusing on is our um, financial house, shall we say. You know, the last county executive had the county under a self-imposed financial crisis, mm-hmm. and we've been, you know, it's a long road back you know, trying to get on uh, on better footing. And I think working with this county executive, um, we've been, you know, digging ourselves out of that hole. Uh, we've now, we have all our uh, contracts resolved with our employees. We have gone to the state to ask for a sales tax increase, which really in this area is a less progressive tax than uh, than additional property tax. So, Catherine, tell us, which races do you think people should be paying attention to? The first one, District 1. Now, that's an open seat. It's currently held by the minority leader, Pesta. And we have a fantastic candidate. It is Colin Smith. He's a current Peekskill City Council member. He has two opponents, um, Frank Catalina, who's the former Republican mayor of Peekskill, and George Winsman, running on the conservative line, who is the former retired Westchester County policeman. Mm. District 2, now that's the seat that we won in 2017. It was a hard-fought battle. Uh, Kitley Coble won, and she is uh, currently... Uh, uh, chair of our legislation committee and our social services committee. Her race is very interesting in that her um, her opponent, Gina Arena, is fairly well known in the area because of parents that she made several years ago on the ABC uh, program Extreme Makeover uh, Home Edition. District 4, we have um, the Dot Gashi is the Democratic candidate. The Dot is a name that may sound familiar to some people because he ran in 2018 for the Assembly District. Now, that part of Westchester, which has Somers and Yorktown, is, um, those were the two areas that, that in 2016 voted for Donald Trump. Wow. So very, very conservative area. Now, when, it, when the DOT was running for assembly, that part of Westchester was the southernmost portion of that assembly district. So the whole district was very, very conservative. But he really held his own in Somers and Yorktown. Now, in the um, legislative district race, 
that includes Newcastle, Newcastle being Chappaqua. Uh -huh. So that is an area where we actually have a good turnout of people voting for Democratic candidates. Right. So hopefully that will really help his campaign. And he's running against um, Michael Grace. And Michael Grace is uh, a former supervisor of Yorktown. And he's, uh, he's always been a bit of a lightning rod. Um, there have been a number of controversy, controversies when Michael Grace was supervisor. And uh, recently, Michael Grace has been making appearances to, in front of the Yorktown town board, uh, again, calling on the Yorktown board to vote on a resolution opposing the Reproductive Health Rights Act that was passed by the state legislature. And, you know, he's also taken it even one step further by filing a lawsuit on behalf of baby Jane Doe, yet to be born, against New York State. So he's really trying to court that ultra-conservative, you know, right to life. And, um, and Vidat is, uh, you know, certainly, again, will we'll have a, a race. So Oh, yeah, yep. go ahead. No, more districts, yes. A couple more districts. So right. District 9, that's Catherine Borgia, um, my predecessor as majority leader for the Board of Legislators. Uh, she has been a champion of a lot of our uh, progressive legislation, and she has the same opponent that she had in 2017, Robert Outhouse. Uh, the family is connected with Outhouse Orchards. Uh, again, the name that's pretty well-known and respected in that part of the county um, means a little bit of a different thing to people down in this part of the county. Right. But, um, but Robert Outhouse ran against Catherine Borgia 2017, lost, and he's counting on the fact that turnout will be much lower in this off-off-year election and feeling that maybe the county exec race change things up in 2017, and that he'll have a better chance this year. So he's coming again for Catherine Borgia. District 10 is Damon Marr. That district is New Rochelle and Eastchester. That was held by Sheila Marcotte for many years. And because it has a high portion, um, you know, Eastchester to New Rochelle, it's a tough district for a Democrat to win. But Damon did win it in 2017. But his challenger is Chris Garrity. And Chris Garrity is a young uh, attorney. He had worked on Julie Killian's state Senate campaign and uh, considered sort of uh, an up-and-coming rising star in the Republican Party. So I do think that that's going to be a, a tough race. It's just going to come down to, I think, turnout in Newish versus turnout in Eastchester. District 15. Now, that's actually held. The incumbent is Gordon Burroughs, who is a Republican. Ruth Walter ran against him in 2017, and she is the Democratic candidate uh, this year. And, uh, you know, again, I think trying to capitalize on sort of the momentum that she started two years ago and see if um, this will be the year that she can take that seat. So, Catherine, you you've talked a lot about how much turnout is going to impact this election, especially because it's an off-off year election. How is early voting, do you think, going to change the dynamic with the race this year? It'll be interesting to see if more people ultimately end up voting by absentee ballot. Uh, we've heard from our um, 
our uh, commissioners of the Board of Elections, that, that that's one area that they anticipate that they will be seeing a real uptick. And I hope, I hope, you know, I'd like to believe that, that people are now getting more in tune to the fact that as a civic responsibility uh, and paying attention to what's happening on the local level, because, you know, look, some people start on the local level but end up in national politics, um, then I do hope that having early voting will give more people a chance to turn out. And I do think it helps our Democratic candidates because typically it has always been, um, for, for some of our base, more difficult to get to the polls on that one day of the year that it traditionally been the day that they could cast their vote. So I do hope this gives people an opportunity to um, have their vote count and uh, to come out and, and vote. Catherine, is there anything else that you'd like to add? I, not only um, if people listening can make sure they're going to be voting this November, but anything you can do get the word out, again, whether it's postcard writing or knocking on doors or making phone calls for candidates, voter turnout is going to be really important. And tell your neighbors not to let the off-off your election pass by without casting a vote. Absolutely. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jen, and thanks, Lauren. I really appreciate you, the time. Best of luck. Okay, bye. So what's up with 2020? Have you guys heard about the We Are Indivisible 2020 pledge? Yeah, yes. I've heard about it, and I'm really glad they did that. Can I read a little bit about it? Yes. It says you can go to indivisible.org and check it out, but the Indivisible pledge, it says we must defeat Donald Trump. The first step is a primary contest that produces a strong Democratic nominee. The second step is winning the general election. Amen. <laughs> that was me adding that. Uh, we will not accept anything less to ensure this outcome. I pledge to, one, make the primary constructive, mm -hmm. two, rally behind the winner, and Good. three, do the work to beat Trump. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, not rallying behind the primary winner is just shooting ourselves in the feet and a waste of energy. Right. It's not helpful, and no. it's definitely not part of the winning equation. And if we learned anything from 2016, we have to rally and support one another and not get behind anything that causes division. Right. We, uh, it's not really about being right or wrong. Mm -hmm. um, it's like what happened in November uh, last year with the gubernatorial race in New York. Yeah. You can vote with your heart and then vote with for the party. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, vote, vote, vote for your values. <laughs> yeah, vote, vote your values. Vote your values. Yeah. Which is for basically anything candidate. that's not that's not Trump. Now, this is also this is designed for grassroots activists mm -hmm. such as ourselves, but also the candidates. And yeah. most of the candidates, I'm happy to say at this point, have signed the pledge. Right, which right. is great. And, and and a lot of the very prominent ones have already signed and we want all of them to sign it right yes. and the activist groups as well yeah. ideally yeah i think it's great i think it would be wonderful if people went on and they signed the pledge and even if they don't officially sign the pledge if they will adhere to the values and the mm -hmm. message yeah that it stands for then we're going to be in a good you know good position to actually win this thing yeah. in 2020 get behind the candidate who's running against donald trump and we have a chance. Yay. I like it. And also, I hope Indivisible National sticks to this and doesn't change their mind and decide to 
endorse before the primary. I hope they don't endorse either. So uh, we aren't endorsing, but um, we are going to work for the primary winner and do all that we can right. here. Yeah. And I should admit that Westchester. it's, you know, for the primary vote, for, vote your heart. And for the, uh, you know, general election, you vote for your country. <laughs> country. Yes. yes. Well said. Woo. All right, in our thumbs up, thumbs down section, the Board of Legislators in Westchester County recently passed a Safe Leave Act for victims of domestic violence, basically saying that um, they have the right to take time off of work to recover. Right. And it covers uh, victims of domestic violence as well as victims of tr- human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a huge thumbs up. A yeah. huge thumbs up. It's and a I no-brainer. Think, right. Mm-hmm. And Well, yeah, and what people don't realize is that there's a real domestic violence problem in this in this county. It's not talked about, but mm-hmm. the statistics are not um, are not favorable. And, um, you and know, there's a lot of work. And across socioeconomic levels. It, it, absolutely. And that hits the nail right on the head. So, I mean, this is something that's going to help a lot of people. It's very important legislation. So well done, bravo. Yeah, well done. So what's the thumbs down for today? Thumbs down, we've destroyed the planet, basically. Did you see that UN study that says a million species could face extinction yeah. in the near future? Yeah, We humans suck. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, one of the most important things you can do is vote for candidates who actually care about the issue. And um, and not just care about the yeah. issue, that they have a concrete yes. plan to tackle it and do something yeah. that makes sense, that will pass, and right. will make a difference. Yes. Absolutely. Make it part of your litmus test when you're choosing your candidates. That's it for Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. Check us out online at indivisiblewestchester.org. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keep resisting. <laughs>